0: Today's podcast features an article from Discern Magazine. In 2001, my wife and I had the opportunity to participate in the Community Emergency Response Team training program in our area. That program is sometimes known as CERT. The program has the goal of training citizen volunteers to effectively assist the first responders in case you have a community-wide emergency. Volunteers are trained in advanced first aid skills, light search and rescue, fire suppression, setting up first aid stations, how to triage victims so those needing immediate care are identified and transported, logistics, a whole host of other skills that most would never consider without such training. The idea behind the program is that training volunteers to handle some of the basic responsibilities Freeze the first responders to use their skills, more advanced skills, where they're more needed. As we went through our training program, which of course lasted several weeks, as it neared its end, everyone is required to participate in a very carefully constructed disaster simulation, which is followed by a debriefing with the first responders. As we sat through those classes, many of which involved a lot of hands-on training, the CPR and first aid training and so on, we felt we were being well-prepared for whatever emergencies we might have to face. But I can tell you nothing teaches as effectively as that disaster simulation, when we had to analyze the situation and make decisions in real time without anybody there to tell us what to do. The debriefing with the professionals was frankly one of the most helpful and sobering parts of the whole program. They did their best to be encouraging, but it was very clear to many of us that we'd made some serious mistakes that could have cost lives, our own and probably those of others. The humbling realization of our failure to see and properly assess those hidden dangers taught us in ways the classroom presentations never could. My wife and I were certified on September 1st of that year, and it was 10 days later that 9-11 took place. And as we watched those buildings and what took place, We had quite a picture in our minds of what those first responders were facing. It's very easy to be critical of the mistakes people make during times of crisis. But when we take the time to examine those mistakes, those errors, and to formulate a plan for improvement, for doing it better the next time, that's a lot more helpful. And that's where debriefing can come in and be helpful. Debriefing is an opportunity for people who have shared some experience or project to uh, self-correct, to share the lessons that we learned, to discuss what went well and what didn't, to consider ways in which we might be able to improve in the future. Because after all, even when everything's gone well, there are often ways to improve and make things more effective for the future times. It's not probably as effective as a group debriefing when you can share the ideas, but it's even helpful for us to ask ourselves privately many of the same questions, so that we can recognize and avoid some of those unexpected dangers that it seems like life is always throwing our way. Certainly, the sudden explosion of this COVID-19 pandemic has created situations that most of us would have considered totally unthinkable just a few weeks before. There certainly had been many warnings. We read about those concerning the kind of event that came about. But it seems that few of the people who were in positions of power were adequately aware of the implications. And of course, neither were the rest of us. Sadly, many of those that should be leaders done little more than hurl accusations at each other, as if somehow their party would have had all the answers right and the other one was wrong. Others have looked around to see who to blame. Where did this come from? As if somehow, if we could find who to blame, that would change things. But ignorance and arrogance and hypocrisy usually Are not very effective in addressing problems or formulating any effective strategies for the future. It remains to be seen whether the world's going to be prepared for the next unexpected crisis, whatever form that takes. And we all know it's not a matter of if it's going to come, it's just a matter of how soon. So, what lessons could you and I have learned that will enable us to respond more effectively when hidden unexpected dangers suddenly confront us? Instead of criticizing what others have done or failed to do, have we conducted an honest self-evaluation, a debriefing, to learn what we might have done better? And what are we going to do if the next hidden danger confronting us isn't physical at all? Will we emerge from this experience having learned lessons we can really use and apply in other areas of our lives? Or are we just going to be better at washing our hands, knowing what to do before the danger comes along is certainly the best approach. And the CERT program, and there are other similar programs, that do a commendable job preparing individuals, preparing communities to address physical dangers. But those who are regular readers of Discern are going to know that the focus of our publication is not really upon those physical preparations, as helpful as they might be we are trying to more coolly discern the spiritual issues of life, the issues that ultimately lead us to live either a life that allows God to bless us or a life that brings upon us unexpected curses and even upon our loved ones. The COVID-19 pandemic has shown that failure to quickly and clearly recognize dangers can lead to catastrophic results. And just like this tiny, virtually unseen virus suddenly changed our normal lives in unexpected ways, there are powerful, virtually unseen spiritual challenges that can ultimately produce catastrophic results as well. The importance of recognizing danger before it arrives is at the core of some advice given 3,000 years ago by King Solomon. He says in Proverbs 22 and verse 3, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Contemporary English version puts it a little more bluntly and brutally, when you see trouble coming, don't be stupid and walk right into it. Be smart and hide. But by their nature, these spiritual problems we're talking about aren't visible to human eyes. How are we supposed to see trouble coming when the trouble is invisible? Well, we can't if all we have to rely upon are our own human abilities. But that which may be hidden for you and me is not hidden from God, and He has provided guidance for those who are willing to seek that help. In fact, The most important instructions we could ever have about hidden dangers in life have been in the Bible for 2,000 years, but most people haven't recognized them. Why not? Well, I think we could answer that question by considering two fundamental errors that virtually every human being makes. Number one, we think we know more than we do. And number two, We think God knows less than he does. On the basis of those two fundamental errors, we watch people stumble from one personal disaster to another, continually being blindsided by unforeseen dangers that really didn't have to be unforeseen. Now, a short article like this can provide only limited insight on what crises lie ahead. But considering those two attitudes today, Actually, can give us a valuable key to preparing for tomorrow. In the field of education, we have a a maxim that is, the greatest barrier to learning is the belief that we already know all we need to know. How many times have we made that mistake in our lives? One of the most important lessons that we learned in our disaster simulation debriefing was that those who were willing to humbly acknowledge their own mistakes, willing to recognize where they came short, are going to learn much more than those who make excuses or try to assign blame to someone else. The fact that somebody else made a mistake doesn't diminish my responsibility or the harm my mistakes have caused. And the sooner I recognize and admit my own failures, the sooner I can find a successful way to address them. Scripture likewise warns us about the danger of thinking too highly about our own abilities. Many passages use some form of the word pride or proud to describe the attitude that so often hampers a person's ability to recognize dangers and to hide himself like Solomon said we should. Again, Solomon, one of history's wisest men, put it this way in Proverbs 26, verse 12, Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Now, that's a pretty strong statement. But if you actually read through that section, you'd find that the first 11 verses of that chapter talk about various aspects of fools and the damage that can come when you begin to rely upon a fool. And building upon all of that, then Solomon says, you see a man who's wise in his own eyes, even a fool has more hope than that guy. Until a person's willing to humbly recognize the need to gain the knowledge he lacks— then he really cuts himself off from the most important knowledge he can acquire. But never forget, the Bible is not a negative book. It offers help and hope to those who are willing to learn. When I was researching this article, I searched the internet for some useful, helpful quotes about the importance of education. And there are many helpful websites out there. One in particular had over 800 quotes about education. But one of the things that I noticed, and I went through all 800 of them, was that there was not one from the Bible. Is that because the Bible doesn't have it? The Bible contains over 400 passages about teaching and learning, but not one of those was considered valuable enough to include in the listing of helpful quotes. Why are so many willing to look to man's ideas, but totally unwilling to learn from the greatest educator of all? writing to those at the educational center of the mighty Roman Empire, the Apostle Paul described that society. In Romans 1 verse 28, he wrote, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. The New Living Translation puts it this way, since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Could you really find a better description of our modern society? Ignoring God is a choice that many in our world make, and the consequences of that choice are evident everywhere we look as we see the empty, purposeless lives, shattered relationships that litter man's history. But just because that's the choice most people make doesn't mean it has to be our choice. If you were to humbly turn to God's inspired word to debrief your life right now, what would you learn? What's working well, producing the right results? What's causing problems and making life more difficult? What's eating up your time and not really producing anything of lasting value? And probably most important of all, what are you doing about it? Before the next unexpected crisis comes careening over the horizon, Would it make sense to take time to pick up the Creator's Instruction Book and use it? It. Not anyone's opinion, including your own, to debrief your life and become prepared for the days ahead. I'm David Johnson. Thanks for listening. For more information from today's featured article, visit LifeHopeandTruth.com.